podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. Uh, do sign up if you haven't already. If you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap, you can see loads of fantastic writing on there. Jack Pitbrook's written something really good, uh, theoretically about Tottenham, but actually about Liverpool and how well we attack. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, obviously, in the context of Tottenham versus Liverpool. Uh, in front of me, I have got John Gibbons, Rob Gutman, and Gareth Roberts. Uh, Gareth and Rob will be coming with us to Ireland. We announced dates last week. It's on all the Anfield Wrap's little bits and pieces. We are doing Friday night in Belfast. Saturday night in Dublin and then Sunday night in Cork before we get stuck into Tottenham versus Liverpool. Gareth, how excited are you about Cork? Very excited. It's the home of Barry's tea, so you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, been on to them. I'm open. I've been on to them already, mate. Don't worry about that. I'm open to uh, pop in, do a tasting session, have a tour of the factory, meet Barry himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none of the, none of those things might happen because it's a Sunday, but you know what I mean? I, I live in hope. And if you're listening, Barry, come on. We lad, might have a bit of time on the Monday, you know. Oh, I was talked into this. You know, I was normally like, we'll get up at 6am so we can all be in the office at 9 because yeah. I'm a psychopath uh, John John, John said why don't you have a nice day so we might have a bit of time nice. on the Monday so let's not yeah. throw that away uh, alright then Tottenham versus Liverpool is Rob Gutman it's a game of two bits um, it's not two halves big bit and a smaller bit yeah big bit Liverpool should be probably 3-1 up um, by the end of it smaller bit when Tottenham should probably equalise it's a tremendous miss in real time it's a tremendous miss it's actually I did the uh, I had a little look on stats bomb and it's not even doesn't even quite get to 0.5 xg I and was going to say this yeah on. it's 0.46 and I think it, that sort of does remind you that one in two of them do get don't score if you know what I mean like on average but in real time for all the world it looked in but Liverpool should have been out of sight yeah, I could I could do a good hour on those chances that have been in football history that aren't quite as good as you see. Even like the Ida Good Johnson one against us in the semi final, the one where Alisson saves against uh, the Napoli guy Milik, yeah. where uh, that famous thing. They're excellent chances, but as that showed, it's because of the pace on the ball. I mean, there was one against us this season. I think Chef Yu is it Fleck whips one yeah. in very late on. But you just, it's just, I think it's because the action happens so quickly and so close to your goal, so close to your goal. And it's when things are at stake that you uh, that you go, oh, shit. Actually, Aguero has won uh, in that game, but we're 3-0 in the City game earlier this season against us, but we're 3-0 up at the time, so you don't quite count it the same way. But it is a very strange, it is a strange thing, the risk, sorry, the, the fra- fragility of a team as good as ours finds themselves in despite... And the problem is, is because, and I think you wrote about it in your post-match piece, teams are very happy to go, we take 1-0 down on 75 against a team like Liverpool. They go, that isn't bad. We're in a football match with 15 to go. And if that's the stall they set themselves, what they can, if, they get it, if they mentally get themselves right, what they can play into is the fact that in, if Liverpool score early, as they do, they then do want to get the second and they can t- retain the initiative. But as time goes by, it enters players' minds that 1-0 might well do. And these aren't laying a glove on us, really. And I therefore think your intensity as an attacking force drops off. And it therefore, whatever you want, inevitably, that this moment will come. Uh, Gareth, the, what Rob says there, I think the first thing to say is that if you're dealing with a side who've got as many good players as Tottenham, whether mm. or not how good a side they are at the minute is almost a separate question because yeah. of this. That 1-0 on 75 at home, 1-0 down, it isn't the end of the world. You do still feel like you're in the game. And if you're happy with a point, and whether or not Tottenham should be happy with a point is a separate question. But if you are happy with a point, 1-0 down on 75 isn't that bad. And you've got all this quality, plus you've just made two good subs. Yeah, and and there was a, just a, a notable, it was almost like crowd, players and manager all thought, well, we're, we're only 1-0 down. So, so why not have a little go here? And they did have a go. And he did create that chance, and it was a little bit nervy. There were other moments as well, weren't there? I thought, um, you know, like I imagine today at Melwood, or I like to think that, you know, Van Dyke is still fuming about having to actually get his shorts dirty and put a tackle <laughs> um, because you know he doesn't he doesn't often go to ground, does he? But he, he went to ground, and even even that moment was weird. Like he went to ground, won a great tackle. And there was just this moment where everyone seems to just look at it. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, what about the second ball, lads? Any chance? Um, so it's, there was almost like they were going to each other. Well, Virgil's going to be yes, lovely. <laughs> um, so, so you know, it, what, I think it was a weird, a weird match in a way where I almost think you could say lots of different things about it, and they'd all be right. Uh, so it was brilliant that he won. It's brilliant that he got the record. It's brilliant that he kept on going. It's brilliant how much pissed the boiling by continually winning and finding ways to win. And obviously, you know, there was loads of aspects to the performance. You obviously had Robertson, uh, 
you know, being a little bit naughty there at times and, and, and the big debate about his tackle, which is absolutely fine. He wins the ball, um, so I don't really know what that debate is. But, you know, it, it's just, I thought it was slightly off in, in aspects. I thought, you know, like sometimes it was the wrong touch, it was the wrong decisions. There was flicks and tricks in the wrong places at times and things like that. Almost like it was too easy for them, I thought, the flicks yeah, and tricks. Yeah, it, it was a bit like, you know, you want confidence from them and they're going to be confident because they've won so many games and they've been, you know, so near to perfect. But equally, I thought the sort of the border between confidence and arrogance was slightly. They fell the wrong side a couple of times, maybe. Um, but but equally, though, I found it interesting about Spurs and been thinking about it all weekend. Really, about you know they do get some chances, they do get some moments that are in our half. They've got good players, like you said. And I was sort of thinking, well, why couldn't they get that draw? It wasn't just down to Liverpool, I thought. It was down a little bit to them. And I thought, you know, when they're constantly being fed, drip-fed this idea, and it's, it's the right idea, by the way, that Liverpool are as good as they are, then does that seep into their opposition minds mentally? And I think maybe it does. And I think maybe that when they do get these chances, which are, are rare, because Liverpool are great defensively, the goalkeeper's brilliant as well and was on, on the weekend, I thought... You know, do they snatch at them because of that? Because they're so rare. You know, it, you look at Firmino and the way he took his goal, unbelievable. Like the, to let it run across his body like he does and finish with his weaker foot into the corner, superb finish. You look at the chant that them and the snatching at the chances, the, bl- the blazing things over the bar, trying to hit it as hard as they possibly can. And I think that's because they're thinking, if you get a chance against Liverpool, you've got to take it. If you get a chance against Liverpool, you've got to take it. But also, John, the goalkeeper's interesting here. I mean, the extent to which I began to wonder is he in people's heads because mm. he's he's so good. Everyone knows he's so good. These are all professional footballers. They're watching him week in, week out, and they're going, God, he's good. And then they get opportunities, and, and I just sort of wonder. And Tottenham, even with the final as well, that they obviously played against as if they were just thinking to themselves, if we get anything against this fellow, we've got to put it in the absolute corner. I think Son's one that he blazes over the bars, a good example of someone trying to beat the goalkeeper rather than trying to score the goal if you know what I mean yeah maybe he's got a you know a good real order about him at the moment hasn't he and I think like you know it's even sort of the fact that his hair's growing out of his beard he sort of looks like he's, he's, he's ready for war almost now I don't, know, I don't know whether he said he's not going to cut any until they get beat or anything but like you know he looks you know it's he looks brilliant on on the pitch in terms of what he's doing for the Reds. You know, I think he's he's obviously sweeping up. He's he's, he's talent on the floor. But I did see some before that says he's got the highest shot percentage save in the whole league, and that struck me because normally that's you know it's it's to keep us down the bottom. You've got them, I mean, because they're getting peppered with shots, and you know, um, but but for him, you know, he's he's not just you know the best sweeper. He's not just you know perfect for how we play well he's saving more shots than everyone else as well and I think a bit of credit has to go to the defence because I don't think we're giving away loads of clear chances although there was obviously one right to the end but I think you know what is what is coming through to him you know he, he's stopping and you talk about you know you both you and Robbo there have talked about getting into you know players heads and, and what people what opposition players are thinking when they come up against us but it must be this thing where you know you've got this intense press from the forwards and from the midfield, and then and then the midfield seemed to be, you know, running like two or three men each. You know, so I think when Alden was it twelve or thirteen ball recoveries in the game, which is which is just unreal. So you got if you get through all that, then you got Virgin and his mates. You know what I mean? And it, it was just you know unreal. Six clean sheets in a row. Now I think it is in the Premier League. And then if you get all past that, you've got Allison, and it must be like. Like no wonder they didn't receive. You know, it took them a while to you know to, to, to build themselves up to even bother. I I think there is a, a lot about that being in the head thing. And what John's saying and Gareth saying is, it's a reputation of the team that a team that presses you. Therefore, you have you, they will be told in, in the run up to the game you are going to like have no time on the ball. So don't think time is going to stand still for you. You can have a little look up, a think. So they'll be keen. So and Allison is there's got to be no key keeper that closes you down quicker, as does the rest of the team. That I think it plays into the likes of Son's head. He thinks if I'm going to get a chance against this keeper and against this defence, I've got to take it early. And he does take it early. But actually, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm right on this. But when I've watched it back a couple of times, Trent, I don't know if he doesn't foul Son, but he makes a he makes a challenge right at the death there, which I think hugely puts him off. Without that, I think Son gets a much clearer shot away. But was there any others apart from those two? The one. What I think. What I think they do. That's really interesting. I'll go back to John on this, and then bring Gareth in. When you say credit to the defence, one of the things I think that they do, and I think they've learned this. I think the manager's seen it. We used to say a couple of seasons ago when Burnley got to seventh. One of the things you'd say is that Burnley would let you have shots, but on their terms. 
where they'd have two big lads blocking off the corners and you drill a shot in and it'd be, oh, the keeper saved it again. And the keeper ends up having really good numbers. Now, trust me, our keeper's the best keeper in the world. But I do think there is something, John, where the number of times where you look when they're, when the opposition is striking the ball, there's often pressure from the back hmm. and then there's there's... The, the, our defenders position themselves really, really well to say, well, the corners are out of bounds, unless it's unreal, at which point then you're going to go more or less into the keeper's gloves and then it's handling so good that you don't even get anything back off him there. And his position as well, his position is excellent, and I think that's a big thing. There's the amount of times where you know they do manage to get a shot away and Alisson just seems to be in the, the, the right place just to make what would be a tricky save, you know, a relatively easy one for him. And I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, you've seen it so many times now. I don't think, you know, it's luck or I don't think it's it's bad shooting even necessarily. I think he just he's just anticipates so well where it's able to go. And as you say, the defenders, what they're doing in terms of the blocking. And also, I think that they're quite clever in terms of knowing what balls to challenge for and knowing what ones to not leave, but maybe. So if, if, if you've got, if, if a cross goes in, um, and it's going towards a striker. You've got to choose. Do, do you jump with him and try and win it, or do you basically do nothing and I look for second balls, or do you try and put him off a little bit and just just maybe give him a little nudge and stuff like that? And I think the excellence of that as well. I think they, they recognise certain ones. Just think, well, I, I'm not going to get there to that, so I can jump up, but he's going to win the header, or I can give him a little nudge here, a little put, whatever it is, gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. I think they've got really good at that as well. And and as as Rob said before, make chances less easy make chances that you know look easier than they are actually because of what we're doing there's something Gareth where you feel at the minute like the side's just on this plane of as John says they're almost like mentally in in, in a defensive phase as much as anything else just mentally so so smart I think it stems a lot of it from the goalkeeper and from Van Dijk, but just positioning yourself well, as I say, to make the shot more difficult. Knowing when to give the attacker a decision to make, rather than making it for him by basically putting your, putting yourself in a certain position. The number of times Van Dijk will do something a bit unorthodox and let them have the ball as if to say, well, I'm backing my mates, but also I'm backing that you can't do the really good thing you need to do to either beat me or score from here. I think they've just got themselves into this situation where they... They know that they're almost certainly going to make the right decision, and if they don't make the right decision, well, they're going to recover from it anyway. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on, and that I, I think as well they don't make a catastrophe out of situations, which I think past Liverpool defenses and certainly goalkeepers did do. So what I mean by that is, you know, when you feel that sort of body building up a, a, of pressure, like you know, and it was there. There was a there was a time, even if it was only a short space, where. The stadiums up. You could see Mourinho encouraging them more. You know they got forward more. They they had more attacking intent. But you sort of trusted Liverpool to get the other side of it because I think you've seen in the past that when you reach that situation, defenders do panic, goalies do panic. They, they do things that are out the ordinary. Whereas this Liverpool side definitely trusts itself, trusts the goalkeeper. Van Dijk mentioned when we did the interview with him in Qatar that you know it, it's massive for him that Allison's behind them and that's Van Dijk saying that. So you know, you I, th- I think you can see that, and you know, Spurs do have that little spell, like I say. But you trusted Liverpool to come the other side of it, and it wasn't like it wasn't like they start booming Everton, Rosehead, or whatever. You know, they, they stick to the principles, they stick to the way they play. They know that they'll get the other side of it, and that's massive. And I just think you know, in general, about this Liverpool side, we've said it before, obviously, but the way they always find a way to win, the way there's always someone who emerges. You know, I, I think that's special because. You know, it's been past Liverpool sides where we've been too reliant on maybe one or two talents. And this one, you know, across the board, like if you broke it down individually, you're probably still saying a lot of the time that Man City have, have actually got better players. But as a team, as a collective, you know, the will that they've got across the board is second to none. And that's why we are where we are. And, you know, you, I think it's dead funny now, sort of where we are, because, you know, sat down yesterday, watched City. And I got bored at five 0 and turned it off. Like, but I just wasn't bothered. I just thought, yeah, they're great. But you know, they've all they've, they've already for me pretty much cocked it up. That's why they're twenty to one with the bookies to win the league. Because yes, they're playing great football and they're blowing the Aston Villa away. But so what? Um, because they're not us and they're not as good as us. Um, when Gareth says that about people stepping up, Rob Roberto Firmino. Uh, all of a sudden you are able to say love's a big goal. Uh, there's been a, a little spate of them. None, none of them at Anfield. I still think there's times where, for instance, he gets a good opportunity early in the game where he's not quite as all signal all dancing, but I think he is working ever so hard, uh, coming deep a hell of a lot and becoming an extra man in midfield if we're ever out, uh, outnumbered there, doing a little bit more of that. 
but suddenly there is a there's a there's a, there's almost a Dirk Kout esque run of massive goals, uh, the sort of run of massive goals, a Luis Garcia run of massive goals that you're able to look at and go. Big goals on the road, big goals to open a game up. Leicester, for instance, we win 4-0, but he gets the opener. Mm. Big, big goals, goals of real significance, and, and, and Saturday's is a great example, and it's a lovely finish. Yeah, it's, it's 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 one of his one of the top ones in his collection now, and there are very, and there's some very very good ones there. He, I mean, yeah, I suppose he was doing it earlier in the season quietly. The, is it the winner at Palace? I mean, he gets he sort of gets an opener against Villa that gets ruled out. Yeah, I th- there's, there's no doubt that after you wonder he's had a, a strange season in a certain sense in that he opens it sensationally I think he scores three or four in the first six something like that uh, scores at Burnley doesn't he scores at Southampton uh, he's, get, he's getting his goal and by the time on the Newcastle game I don't think he scores that day but he's getting so much acclaim everyone's going actually he might be the best player in this side he was, he, he was doing breathtaking things that day a couple of assists but almost after that, whether he started really believing his own press or not, I don't know. I'm not saying his work rate dropped off. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you on that one. But his goal scoring dropped off hugely, and he had this massive drought. Now Klopp says uh, he had a chat with Firmino, and Firmino, he said to Firmino, "I'm not bothered, mate. You know, I don't need your goals. I just need you and all your bits." Which was, which probably is the right. But Firmino, went, yeah. But he said he could see it was hurting Firmino not having the numbers to go with it, the direct numbers that goals represent. Um, and he's got seven, hasn't he, in the league? I think. Yeah, well, yeah. Which is low for him when you compare, you know, to, to the past couple of seasons. It is, and also he doesn't seem to have suffered droughts, does he? Before, which is the first time he has. Um, although there's no, there's no denying that he has also had spells where he gets into into hot streaks of uh, form. But this is the right time for him to be coming into. It. And you're right, he is. He definitely is something of a big game player as well. But it feels like saying that sort of damns him in the less big games because I don't think he ever really drops off his, his level of performance. It's I'm wondering if he's a tiny little bit of a victim of the way in which we're approaching some games in Anfield, John, um, or whether or not it's just uh, it's just an oddity. I don't know because it is striking that you know to have got none of these goals uh, at Anfield and then to, to to pop up like that in this game against Tottenham. I don't know. To me, it's just all a little. And then at Anfield, when people see you a little bit more and focus on you a little bit more, there's maybe a tiny little bit more onus to all be more involved in the final third. And so, therefore, when he's not coming through there, is why there's a couple of people occasionally a little bit not quite sure at the moment. I don't know. It's it is. He is a very enigmatic footballer and fair play to him. Yeah, I don't think there's any particular reason why the goals haven't happened at Anfield. I think it's maybe just one of those coincidence things where it just so happens, you know, we scored more away from home recently. I don't think there's anything particular about how we set up that's any different because you saw, well, Tottenham let us have 68% of possession. So we're playing like the home team, you know, wherever we go now. That's that's how it's working. I think it is is obviously still in his head a little bit. Uh, It was interesting that Jan Klopp, talking in the press comments after the game and he said that he went up to Firmino to congratulate him and Firmino was like oh first he said was oh sorry boss I know I should have scored mm. more than one and he and Jaeger was like that wasn't what I was going to say to you like it was going to be like well in do you know what I mean and so it's so it's something that kind of he's conscious of I think it's just hard because it's look it's a front three and it's it's becoming very much a front three now and the, the, the very narrow and you saw in Salah's first season that Manny had to sacrifice himself a little bit didn't he so he'd, Manny had come in and done brilliant for us and been the sort of main man and then, and then when Salah comes and there's, there's, there's the realisation amongst everyone that you know he's not just this this wide player who's going to add a few but he's you know this potentially world class talent who you know he's going on this hot streak and so it was all kind of built around him really and, and Mane had to play a little bit deeper well quite a bit deeper actually and, and his numbers suffered and then obviously Mane has now kicked on and, and he's playing I think much more further forward and so I think there'll, there'll always be a little bit of an on effect I don't think we'll ever have a season as long as the three of them are here where they're all sort of there on you know a similar number going into going into the last few games I think I think it's just sort of the way it goes really but I understand why it's getting him down because you know, he's a striker at the end of the day, and that's what they go on thinking about. You know, they might come out after the game and say, "Oh, you know, I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter if I score. It's all about the team." But you know, they've got their own personal pride, and and that's how they feel. They're contributing to wins as well. You know, it, all the other stuff that Firmino does is is great and brilliant, and it's and it's fantastic. He does it, but within himself, he'll feel like, well, you know, that that's how I'm I'm, I'm a number nine. I'm paid to to put the ball in the back of the net, and so. But if it's pushing him forward, then then it's no sort of bad thing, really. You know, I want Roberto Firmino to be happy because that makes me happy when he's laughing and smiling on Instagram and all that. But but you know, if it's but if it's something that's pushing him forward and it's something that 
you know, he's gonna maybe get more out of himself without without missing out on, on all the other stuff. Then, then yeah, that, that that's fine as well because it only means good news for Liverpool. The team to me, and maybe it's because of the goal, and it's you end up sort of taking it a little bit too far. But it's the, the one thing that seemed to me about, about Saturday evening when Liverpool were playing well, Gareth, was that. It seemed like Salah and Firmino were closer together again, uh, maybe closer together than they've been for a while. I think if you go all the way to, you know, you remember Salah's brilliant season where he gets the 44 goals and mm. it's just incredible. It always felt like him and Firmino were, were, were near one another on the pitch. And maybe it is just as simple as, well, you remember the you remember the assists, so therefore that's what you're thinking. But all the way through the game, even before that, I did feel as though they were able to dovetail a little bit more as those sides were worried. You know, Tottenham's selection suggests they're more worried about Mane plays two right yeah. backs so you know it then opened up the idea that maybe those two were able just to get more time with one another and more creativity between them and, and that's what we were sort of saying before isn't it about that you know whatever you do to try and stop Liverpool you sort of leave something else so it, it's like the Rafa blanket thing so it's like well where are you throwing it today so if you're throwing it over Sadio Mane today okay well you're leaving something the other side then and I thought I thought Salah actually, you know, you, you saw a, a lot from him. I thought yeah, at the weekend in terms of his touch, in terms of him just looking more on it, and and you just thought, well, hang on, there's there's brighter days ahead here from him now. I think, and you know, he, he puts that chance wide, doesn't he? Which which he beat himself up a little bit about, but I think sort of in the run of games ahead. Hopefully start happened with Man United like a hat trick there will do Mo. Um <laughs> but you know, he, he just looked like he looked like he was enjoying himself again. He looked like he wasn't sort of overthinking it. And as you say, Lincoln was for me, you know, as well. And you know, if that's if that's gonna be the case for me or on that's that, that's the thing though. That's that that's what I, that's what excites me about the Liverpool side that you know, different people come to the fore at different times and you know, Bobby's got this little run of form now in front of goal and and, and fair play to him. And like I said before, I thought the goal was fantastic by the way. Um, but you know whoever it is you know even when we were sort of we had a bit of a run from scoring goals from set pieces you know it just, Liverpool just keep finding a way and and what I think's significant and I keep using the word myself but I've also noticed they're creeping into a lot of match reports and things like that everyone keeps using the word prevail Liverpool prevail again Liverpool prevailed and that's what Liverpool do and I always remember you remember better than me because your memory's well better than mine. But what what's the soonest prevailed one? That's a thing, isn't it? Soonest yeah. prevailed. And it, I think it's what when, maybe my probably gets the hat trick. Yeah, and, and that's the, and that's what Liverpool are like. It's that kind of spirit, like what soonest have. Where it's just like they're all winners now. They all know. And the, the, there's a great a few great quotes I thought from Robertson where he's just getting asked about sort of you know what it's like and how you keep on going and stuff like that. And, and and they end up I don't know how the interview went and how they got to this, but they ended up talking about you know drinking and and sort of looking after yourselves. And he was like, no one. He, he was basically him and Henderson saying, no one drinks really. You can't drink, you know, because it's so intense what we're doing. And they were both sort of saying, football's the most important thing. Like we sometimes say, no, it isn't. But to them right now, I think they know. They recognise the opportunity. They know that the league's there for the taking. That they can be heroes. That they can go down history. And and they just want it. They want it so much. You can see it. It's it's writ large against so much that they do. You know, everyone. And I think you've got it on the agenda here to talk about it, and rightly so. You know, you just look at Ronaldo towards the end of the game, and he's just tremendous, isn't he? He's just everywhere. He's sticking his ass out. He's keeping hold of that ball. He's skinning people. He's just running around, running the clock down. He's fantastic. And this was a fella that you know not very long ago when we bought him. People were saying he was like, you know, a bit of a tin man off the Wizard of Oz. He didn't really have a heart. Do you know what I mean? Good at football, but not a fella who digs shit out the trenches. Well, he fucking does now. It's doing Aldum, John. Uh, you were in the ground, and it looked to me like very much this was a. One of those where you're in the ground and you can really see everything Genie Wijnaldum's doing. There's the occasional game where you are a bit like, oh, Genie's playing, and they do happen. But then in a game like this one, Genie is most definitely playing. I'd say he ran the show for the first 70, and then for the last 20, he was, along with Lallana, unbelievably important in terms of digging Liverpool out. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I said before, I think it's 12 ball recoveries from him uh, during the game. I think the next highest was nine. So he's, you know, free ahead of anyone else who's on the pitch. And, and you could you could see that. You could see he was winning it for us. I thought Chamberlain was a little bit quiet. Um, you know, struggling to sort of get in, into it really, but but Genie was, was 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 certainly there, was certainly present, and was and was running it. I thought his passing was good and purposeful. I thought, you know, especially his final third passing, you know, something again that that sometimes people say, oh, you know, as he got that aspect of the game, I thought it was excellent. And as you say, last 
10 last five or, or whatever it was you know he just it was that determination just to do loads of sensible things and I agree with Gareth the way it maybe wasn't quite enough of that kind of throughout the game when we were on top of just do a couple of set of sensible things but I thought Genie, you know in terms of how he was keeping the ball how strong he is you know he's even you know got the confidence to throw a nutmeg in on Lamello on 90 as mm-hmm. and he just to just to go oh yeah I'll, I'll just do this now as well mm-hmm. you think I'm gonna just get it I'm gonna run to the, the sideline but but here we are and he, he just he just looks so confident at the moment and that's great to see I think you know his his career could have gone different ways, but but he gets that move to Liverpool and he's he's been a fantastic player for us and I'm, I'm really pleased that he's getting a lot more kind of plaudits and a lot more people saying nice things about him. Obviously, he sneaks into that Ballon d'Or top thirty, which is sort of great for him, isn't it? Because a lot of people who who maybe don't appreciate him, but 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 certainly not his teammates. And I think he he did more than anyone to get us out of. Uh, I was going to say White Hart Lane there, the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, more than anyone to get us out of there with three points. I thought he, I thought he was excellent, but no more so in that last five. Sounds like something off Pro Evo. I give it a proper name soon, uh, Rob. Um, other players uh, talking about the Ballon d'Or top 30 next year is going to have Adam Lallana in it. Um, it is one hell of a half an hour from him. Um, he comes on and is the very essence of all action. When Gareth talks about the idea that the, I think that they know they're doing something, they're on the verge of something they won last year's Champions League, they know that there's, you know, I think they are now, I think getting 97 points, finishing second to City, I think seeing what what one league title would mean to everyone, all of it, what one league title would mean for them, the way in which the the esteem they're held in across the course of a Liverpool career. When I see Lallana come on there, he plays like a man who knows this is everything everything's on the line here and it would be the easiest thing in the world to not be like that if you were Adam Lallana at this stage but he's the absolute opposite he's, he, he, he lived every minute whilst he was on the pitch grabbed every minute yeah I, I think if Liverpool do win this title there'll be all sorts of little moments you know it mean, it'll mean different things to different individuals within with all of us you know there's people I, I will seek out who last remembered Liverpool winning a title and, and things like that I think Adam Lallana and Jordan Henderson will find each other across a room and go we've been here a long time you know we've seen it when it was a little bit shit well <laughs> properly worryingly shit at times uh, and we uh, you know we've both had problems with injury we've both been written off it's diff- to different degrees obviously um, but yeah it, it is, it's quite a renaissance story Adam Lallana's and I don't think it's I don't think it's finished yet actually um, I wouldn't be you know there's still a place up for grabs uh, for next week against Man United we know when Alderman Henderson should start I was slightly surprised Oxford Chamberlain got the got the nod ahead of Adam uh, in this game to start it, and I think he could start. They could reverse it. Uh, I don't. I can't say I know exactly how well Adam Lallana played in that last thirty because I'd had a tough day and I began to mentally sub myself. <laughs> I've been at a wedding. I was watching. It. I just remember you needed someone to sub in for you. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely did. I, I did stay on the. I stayed eyes on the pitch, but only just. Uh, watch the highlights, but you don't see just people running around and on the highlights. Uh, yeah, been a long day. Thank you to my <laughs> mate John Riley for his wedding hospitality. But yeah, I snuck off and watched. Snuck off and watched it in a pub with my with another mate of mine who's equally disgraceful. And the Reds won, and uh, apparently Adam Lallana did really well. <laughs> He did, didn't he? Yeah, I talked around the subject for a good two minutes. Then, it was, honestly, it was like it was. I, like, I can't lie anymore. It's like a Radio Four panel quiz. Uh, <laughs> he did do really, really well, Gareth. I mean, it's it, it's really interesting the bits of his game that are just at the minute coming to the fore because it is, you know, the the footballer who was signed was signed as an attacking midfielder. There mm. he comes on, and James Milner himself couldn't have been more James Milner uh, to the point that you know if we'd have got a penalty, I probably would have said Lana take it. It was it was battling around the pitch, being in the right place, being on the cover, anticipating mistakes which I think shows uh, someone who's got a really good defensive mindset he was planning for the worst and was in the position to be able to do something about it it's just an experienced head isn't it and, and you know that's that's invaluable at this stage of the season and, and in what we're trying to do which is be the very best um, and you know I know that some people are getting annoyed now because I've seen them say it about how often uh, some of us reference Manchester United of old because uh, Manchester United of current are shit um, but you know they, they they had so many players that they could just come on and would just sort of do bits for you just sort it out make make sure you win the game and not all of them were great players by any stretch you know like Fletchers and John O'Shea's and people like that 
just solid players who can come on and know what it takes to win a game. And I think, you know, maybe that's doing Adam Lallana a bit a bit of a disservice who have just compared them to. But I'm actually trying to be positive and say, he's a fella that at that stage of the game, you're like, yeah, that's sound. I'm happy with him coming on, particularly the way he's been playing lately. He's not always been on it, obviously, in recent years. I still always think back to that mad moment he had in, you know, in the Resies when he was like strangling some lad. Yeah, and you just think, you know, obviously mentally at that time he, he wasn't in a good place and he obviously wasn't happy about his career. He was frustrated and all the rest of it. Right now he seems sort of happy with his lot. I'm sure he could have gone somewhere by now. Um, even in this window, maybe you know he, he could be putting the feelers out. But he seems happy with his lot as being an experienced head who's round and about, who's part of the squad, and who's likely to win a league title. And as you say, you know you, you hark back to sort of and so played his part in it, and that's yeah, the thing, and, and play a part in it exactly. And you know, obviously, like the the last title um, is a long, long time ago. But you know, infamously, famously, whatever. Um, you know, Ronnie Rosenthal plays a big part in that, and he'll always have that. You know, no matter what people want to say about Ronnie Rosenthal, pricks will still go on about him, Mister Aston Villa. I still go on about a Hatchick at Charlton. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's it, it. That's what you need to win a league mm. title, isn't it? You know, yes, there's a core, yes, there's the stars, yes, there's the players that come to the fore when you think about this side. But you need those peripheral players. Like, you might still have moments where Shakiri wins as a game, or Arigi yeah. wins as a game, or you know, who knows, Harvey Elliott wins as a game. But and all of those pe- people will play a part. Like once I've actually changed how I think about it because I used to think it must be weird if you're involved in, in a in a football team, but you sort of you know say you win something, but you've hardly got on. And I used to think that must be hard to to cope with. You know, mustn't you be looking at your medal or whatever and go, didn't really play a part. But but with these now, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they are actually happy to just be a part it's to contribute because it, it is a squad game. Now. I was about to say you've got the Gareth. You know, there was the really good uh, James Pierce thing with Peplins last week, yeah, where great. they're talking about the intensity of these seven eight sided games. You know, part of that is, and and you know, they couldn't be any clearer that what you're doing Monday to Friday is impacting on Saturday yeah. and Sunday. And that to me is part of when you talk about playing the parks. I sort of agree with you. There's been some times when you've seen certain players who seem to be perennial substitutes, and you are a bit like, I'm not quite sure why you feel as part of this as, as, as you do. Whereas it, I think it is easy to see with this Liverpool side, and maybe it was the case with those sides in the past, and maybe we were all really, really harsh. But with this Liverpool side, you know, the graft, you know, the, they couldn't be clearer that training is as intense as games yeah. for them so therefore if you're doing your bit in training and making it intense for for instance Sadio Mane you might not be getting you know you might not be getting 30 starts but you're part of what's making everybody else improve every week yeah because and, and there's a collective aim and a collective responsibility and they're all you know they are all on the same page and that has always been the case you know you, you've felt in the past sort of individual agendas and people who don't get on and you know I've asked people who worked at the club in the past you know like what what is it really like behind the scenes and, they, and, and they've gone well, it's like any workplace where you know some people don't get on. You know, there's little cliques that you know these are best mates and they're not. He doesn't really talk to him. You know, whatever. But with, with this group that's currently there, like it's just like they've all found the way and they're all on it and they all know what they're about. And you know, Henderson got interviewed at the weekend and. I don't know whether the you know the, the father interviewing him was trying to be a little bit mischievous, but he was asking about his midfield role and saying, you know, well, you were a bit further forward, weren't you, at the end of last season, and you'd gone and knocked on the boss's door, and he was like, well, yeah, but that's what the team needed then. But Fabinho's out, and what they need now is me to do this. And like you looked at his face when he was saying it, he wasn't messing. Yeah. He wasn't like you know, no, actually, I'm pissed off that I'm not getting back in that attacking role. He's just focused on what needs to be done right now, and they all are. And when you look at you know what we've been doing, the results we've been achieving, and then you see in this week when you you know you turn the internet on, you go on the Echo, whatever, and it's saying Fabinho, Matip, and Lovren are all coming back now as well. And you're like fucking hell. Shakiri just got on at the weekend. Shakiri just got on at the mm. weekend as well. Oxley Chamberlain did sixty. And it's just like you know, like we've got all these results. In the face of adversity again, do you remember when everyone was panicking about Fabinho being injured because he was so good yeah. and because he looked so integral? And then they've achieved all these results minus Fabinho, and now he's going to come back and potentially make us better. And we're top anyway, and we're beating everyone anyway. And it's like fucking hell! What like literally what a time to be alive. We're so good. We are so good. Um, Mane, I think at the weekend I mentioned before Tottenham do a bit of a job on him in terms of trying to keep him out of the game. There's a decision why he, he, he selects what he selects Mourinho, but then the flip side of that is 
Mane shows how valuable he is working backwards, John. Three or four times, he nicks, he nicks the ball in tight areas. He makes himself available. He turns away from people. He, he never quite looked like he was going to get on the score sheet, and maybe that was part of, of, of Tottenham sort of dealing with him. But he managed to still contribute so, so much like he always does. Yeah, it's it's what Chris Wilder was talking about after Sheffield United, wasn't it? The humility of the team. And I think that's something that they show every time they go on the football pitch. And it was nice to hear it from, from another manager, you know, when he, when he was talking us up because, you know, you can start to think, oh, you know, we, we just think this, everything about this team is amazing and stuff like that. I mean, the league table suggests we're right. But, you know, but you can, you know, but it's, but it's nice when, when outsiders come and then go, look, this is a really special thing here and the humility of them and the fact that if it's not quite going well for them the easiest thing to do is to, to get on your own back or get a bit down or start not sulking as much but like you know just because just, sulking suggests sort of petulance and I'm not really saying that it's more like being a bit downbeat and going oh it's not happening for me today and starting trying to try too hard in terms of what you're doing on the ball but he seemed to just have the attitude of well yeah it's, it's tough for me and maybe they've set up in a way to nullify me a little bit here so so I know how I can help here. I'm just going to do a bit of this for a, for a bit and just make sure that, that I'm doing the basics right, basically, and then, and then maybe something will come off for me later. And as I say, it's humility. It's, it's finding a way to support your teammates. It's finding a way to contribute to a victory. And, and Manny's always done that. And Manny's, you know, has runs where he's, he's, he's done more eye-catching stuff on a ball on the ball but I don't think I've ever come away from a football game and thinking oh man he didn't really do much today man you know man what was man, man was like playing with 10 do you know what I mean you'd never say that with him and, that, and that's testament to him you would never say that with him and I think that that's what's you know to, again to, to, to sort of pull us back into a bit more of a historical context with him Rob mm. is the when when the the player touted from Southampton there was questions around consistency and I think that you know the extent to which they now feel and seem absolutely ridiculous you know, you, as John says, you always know Sadio Mane's been on the pitch. You already, you can always point to contribution. And I think in many ways, you know, we've seen him score some unbelievably important goals this season. We've seen him score great goals. But in many ways, Saturday is as impressive a performance as any that were bookmarked by things like that. And the reason why is because it isn't quite happening for him. He is being smothered. And yet you come away with being able to remember four, five, six, seven things that he did, unless you were at a wedding. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. Well, the, I just suddenly realised I've gone the wrong person with that. Yeah, I just, I just it's, a, it's a general one, this one. He'll be all right. <laughs> I, yeah, it is general. I had a strong. So you talk, we're going to talk about his career, aren't we? <laughs> I was awake for that. Uh. I had a strong first seventy at Spurs. Let's not play this down. <laughs> uh, like the Reds. Um, well, it's a, it's a cliche, but I, I I've always thought you can tell a great player by watching him on his shit days. It was because the great, the great players just do not disappear. They don't go missing. In fact, what's always annoyed me, there was a patch in Mane's first season and into his second season a bit where a few, uh, who shall remain nameless, actually, no, I can't remember who they were, would, would go, I think Mane hasn't played well for four or five games. You go, what? He's been involved. He's clearly not been at his absolute best. I'll agree with you on that because he's maybe not scored enough goals or there's been too many stray passes or he's skied a few things. But he's always been there at the heart of the action, being involved, being a pain in the ass, being a nuisance. I, I never like seeing a player damned because things don't come off for them. And Mane is a player who will... He will Certainly have, an attacking player. Of course, if, exactly, Neil, exactly. For especially, especially an attacking player. Um... Touches on, I mean, uh, you know, it's a stat you do occasionally see mentioned, but I don't think it's enough prominence. But touches on a footballer are a very, very important thing, especially for attacking players. I mean, I remember one a few weeks ago, Baumiang, I think, was at Anfield or getting another big game, maybe against City. I think he gets like 10 touches in the entire football match. Now, for all his goals, that's an indictment of an attack, of a footballer for me. Uh, I don't know, maybe someone can say, well, there was these games Marnie did, but I don't think there are. No. I, I reckon Marnie's average touch. Rate what ratio? Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, average touch rate uh, frequency is 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 incredible. It's one where with all of them, I think what we're talking about here is showing, and I think that's what this Liverpool side mm, that's yeah. doing so well, Gareth, is that they show they show for each other, they fight, they fight for each other. Gomez had another funny game where we keep a clean sheet. I'm able to remember some brilliant things he did. There's also a couple of slightly hairy moments, but then he's terrific on the yellow card. But what he doesn't do when he gets on the yellow card is look to make it easier for himself. If anything, he shows more. If anything, he's even more from foot. Mm. Almost as though, well, I'm not letting that happen again. I'm not going to get cut. I have to chase one back and get the, and get a second yellow. And it is that idea that they all show, they all fight, they all find their way to contribute through a game, even if it's not what you'd necessarily expect. And Gomez is another example. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's a, a moment, isn't it, where perhaps in the, in the past that causes some 
them panic because you're thinking, well, he's on a yellow card and more as quick and, and more as you know, they're looking to, to break on us. You know, we're playing a high line. You know, you, you could you could envisage a red card for Joe Gomez, and yeah, you know, he, he never came close to that. He, he had his on, he kept on going, and it, that you know, you, you were all spot on in, in in that in saying that you know, you can have an off day and win, and that that's the old cliche, isn't it? And, and you know, if you do that, then that's what make cha- that's what makes champions. And I I said near the top of this that I thought it was in some aspects a little bit of an off day for Liverpool and yet they've won and yet we can draw so many positives from it again and Mane absolutely everywhere Robertson you know just charging round getting stuck in one little naughty moment which you know I referenced earlier but also the t- you know I loved the tackle obviously the tackle that got references by by Mourinho and, and played over and over on social media in Italy and everything he won the ball he won the ball and he showed that he wanted to win the ball and that, that's an important thing to do at times. This is like, we're not giving in, we're keeping on going. Gomez was the same, Van Dijk was the same. You know, the, all of them, you can't question the mentality of any of them. And the man, I think, I think is really important because I thought the same in that he was everywhere. He was grafting his arse off and he, he, he was still doing the thing where he might be thinking in his mind, okay, they've boxed me off a little bit today. They put me in a bit of a corner. I'm not having the game. But but even though he's still he's still willing, he still wants to, he's still he's still facing the defender up and going, Okay, I'm gonna take you on, I'm gonna run at you, I'm gonna try and cause you problems. Then he's grafting back the other way over and over again. And we've had loads of players, loads of players down the years who are attacking talents but would sit off and watch the you know, it going the other way. Wouldn't be interested, wouldn't be like that's not what I'm about. I'm about putting it in the top bin, I'm about creating the headlines. All of these humility got mentioned before, that's the best word for for a lot of them at the moment because they're not going round giving it the I am a superstar thing. They're going, I am part of a team, I am part of a squad, I am part of a culture that is fully focused on winning this title for Liverpool. And that's why I think, I'm finding it very hard now to say, you know, find a way to say we're not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, so I'm already dreaming about those scenes that we had in town after number six. And I think, you know, even that as well, that must drive them on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They that was incredible that day, incredible. It was brilliant, you know. Uh, I, I, and I was lucky enough to see them at two different points on when they come back to town with, with with the big number six. And you just thought this is unbelievable. And like they thought it was unbelievable. And you've heard them talk about it. You see them getting interviewed on the bus, and some of them are speechless. They're just like fucking hell. New Liverpool were big, but Jesus Christ. And it's like, well, lads, imagine what it's like when you bring the title back. Do you know what I mean? Just imagine the scenes, and that must drive them on. Drives me on. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> and Liverpool, uh, City, are what twenty to one now to win the league. I got twenty twos. You got. T- <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Mate. Waking up for that. Wide <laughs> 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 uh, It is getting closer and closer, John. I've I've had my eye on these three. I've had my eye on these three since June. To be honest with you, sometimes the fictionalist throws up a little bit of a story. Throws up something. The first one of them's done. One of the reasons why I've had my eye on them is because, you know, under Klopp, the record in January, even last season when you got 97 points, the record in January still hasn't been, and the performances still haven't been quite what they were, and that's completely understandable. Liverpool put so much into December that there's then this little thing the other side. One of the things, I thought you saw, I think they do tie a last 20, uh, each and every one of them, and Gutman. I think everyone's had a long, as a big Christmas and come out the other side. Uh, but they do tie a last 20 a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons why Tottenham are able to sort of reassert themselves. But from here, there is a you know, if they can dig deep, the next two, you know, you've, you've and it, even if you were the most optimistic Manchester City supporter, even if you Guardiola on the best possible day, you get to the point that if Liverpool tick off Man United at home and Wolves away, having ticked off Tottenham, it really does, as Gareth says, get harder and harder to say, well, you've still got so far to go. Yeah, I think it does. I think look. You know they'll they'll have had their eye on certain fixtures. It's not just us, is it? They'll have been looking at it and going, "Oh, but they've got to go there." And you know, there's this one, and that one might be tricky. And look, you never know what fixtures people are going to drop points in. I mean, Man City themselves have dropped points in some really surprising places and and situations. You know, this season, like you know, look, look at Norwich. You know, absolute bottom of the table, aren't they by by a mile? And 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 they beat City, and so. So you know you do never know where people are going to drop points, but but that said, you know, just how strong this Liverpool side is and and how how they control games so well, it does 
feel like there's only so many teams you can you can lay a glove on us even now really and, and they're running out and so I'm sure they'd have had hopes for that Tottenham one as I say I'm sure they're looking at Man United next next week because they are one team who, who the, the only team who, who've taken points off us in the Premier League this season and, and the more of those you go past it, it just sort of demoralises everyone a little bit really so they'll be looking for a little little chink in the armor or whatever or a little little kind of bit of light that just says oh maybe maybe you know then it'll you know only go down to 13 points in the game and or whatever it is so obviously Liverpool will be in such a strong position anyway but you just just looking for they'll just be looking for a little bit of hope I mean any, anything more you can do to kind of you know dent that hope and grind it into the ground you know the, the better it is for, for for Liverpool and I think you know as you say in the past I think last year we had a really tough December didn't we I think we played 10 games and won all 10 of them last year in December and we were like oh brilliant but then it, it did have the knock-on effect I think I think we've managed managed to manage it pretty well this season generally and I think giving people rests you know little rests here and there obviously you know there's the certain games where, he, where he's made big changes you know not least that FA Cup on but it but it pays off for them and it just keep it keeps that momentum going as well doesn't it and I think you know there will be games where <laughs> You know, I think if they look back on that Tottenham game and watch it back, I think they'll wish they'd done more in the first seventy rather than did anything differently in the last twenty. I think there's that, there's an acceptance that sometimes if you play in a good team, they will have a little flurry, especially if you keep them in it. I think Jurgen and Pep and, and all them when they're analysing it will think, you know, we should have been two three nil up after seventy, and then after that they wouldn't have bothered. It's interesting post match, Rob. You 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 mentioned this repeatedly. He actually mentions rhythm that they've lost a little bit of rhythm mm. from the break. That it's and it is this balance and act, yes. isn't it? He wants to keep them fresh physically, not least because we we still want to be playing. We we want to be playing. Playing a big game of football uh, last week of May, we you know that that's that's the the journey of this season. We want that as well, so it's difficult. He needs to try and manage them, try and manage them physically in one sense, try not to overload them, but simultaneously, it's interesting. He goes out of his way to say after the match, having not played a game since the second, they may may, may have lacked a little bit of rhythm. Yeah, I think Liverpool's sweet spot is probably a game every five days. <laughs> if you do the actually the so detail, going to batter Wolves away then. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? United is eight days. Is an eight day gap to United. It's not ideal, but I think that was. I think the, the rhythm thing is absolutely right. You could see it. Someone like Jordan Henderson. I haven't seen Jordan Henderson uh, lose possession quite as often in a long, long time. And he doesn't have a, a bad game, but he's lacking half of a percent in terms of his anticipation. Yeah, and that I think is to do with that. I think it's interesting with the way the title's gone. Uh, Guardiola's comments are interesting. You know, our postville. He he's conceded it all, but without using the words, I formally concede the title. And I think my Danny was in the ground, and he said the mood on the Concord. You were there, John. Were yeah. you? He said maybe it's just his reading. But he said the mood in the, in the Concord after was like the league is done now. He said, and I think the reason is, I think the reason why it's such a big psychological moment is that if your city aside from knowing what that they can they can try and say well bank on beating liverpool whatever else happens we've got to play liverpool at the etihad we have to count that as points for us because if we don't do that nothing else after it what's liverpool's next hardest game what's our next best chance than dropping it's tottenham away that was our hardest game outside a city left to play and we won it I think if you're City, you're saying it's Wolves, but I take your general point. Maybe well, the next one down's Tottenham. I mean, Wolves have beaten City twice this season. If, I, I'm, if I'm if I'm playing for Man City, I'm saying let's see how they got on Molyneux. I still, yeah, no, of course, and they will talk. To, they might talk them their version of me, who's still some, somehow <laughs> clinging on to that to hope. It will be saying that, but I still think they'd rather play uh, Spurs at, uh, at the whatever the Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Arena uh, for three the net for three games running than Wolves for three games running. I mean, yes, Wolves is still a danger game, but I tell you what, we're going to talk ourselves into all of them being danger games. I've looked yeah. at Wolves' form. They've only won two out of their last seven in the league. They're not, they've beaten City, yes, but they're not all that. Let's, I'm, let's, I'm, I'm like starting to go the other way with it, in that I just think, you know, I've seen people saying the Guardiola stuff's mind games, and it's like, is it, no. is it fuck? Look, no, look sometimes managers just say stuff yeah. that they mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. Look at the table. I don't, I don't think he's saying to them in the dressing room now because he'd look a bit daft if he was saying, I'm still win this, you know. Still win, and they'd be like, "No, we can't." You're on about boss. So you know they're looking at it and saying, "Like Liverpool need the 17 games left, yeah, and we need maximum 12 wins, and that's that's relying on City to push us all away to win every game." Yeah, yeah, and and so I don't think that happens for one. And then we've got eight, eight of those eight 
eight of the 17 are at home. We're fucking brilliant at home. Mm. Who's beating us at home? And uh, all right, we've got Man United and we've got Chelsea, but I'm not bothered. We're well better than both of those sides. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just, that's what I'm saying about it. I understand the thing about, oh, don't get ahead of yourselves. Don't jinx it. Look at all those times in the past and blah, blah, blah. But Jesus Christ, we're in such a position of strength now. And I just think City will crack before we're cracking. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they've got to be. They've it's got just to ticking be them off, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. you know, do you know their equivalent? Just yeah. ticking them off. Just now. Their equivalent of a side who are four nil down at half time, or five nil down at half time, six nil. Uh, let's call it. <laughs> it's a fuck. It's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. And so all your manager can say to you, well, you know, you hear these apocryphal tales of what they did. They all, they say, all Guardiola will say is just win, just win this the next at the end of the season, just win the second half. I genuinely think if you're Guardiola when Gareth says what's he saying in his dressing room I think he's saying right okay we want to win this league next year yeah. and that's now what we're working on we're now working on and, and we want to win the Champions League and we want to win this league next year and we'll retain these domestic trophies by the way we're fucking keeping them so we've got something to parade around let's the city at the end of the year and let's, but, let, but let's win the second half of the season yeah. so that we're going into next season going right we can go toe to toe with them and it's going to you know it's the decider next season it's going to be the epic decider next season best of three we won the first one they've won the second one and we're already now planning for next season. I think that's what Guardiola is saying. Now, what we're saying is, long way to go, every game counts, one game at a time, which is the right attitude inside that dressing room for us. Yes, I, yeah, I think I think Guardiola's going, we can finish this season as... Many, many subsequent seasons are often defined by what happens in the last third or half of the former completely season. completely agree, and, and this is one of them. This yeah, one is one they, of them. This is one of them, and I think Klopp will be aware. That I think, despite the fact that he's, he's incredibly focused and he's keeping the men incredibly focused on one game at a time, there will be a part of him that will be allowing himself to, to look beyond. And I actually think he'll be looking beyond the imminent clinching of this league. I think he'll be targeting the record, the 101 points, minimum because that will achieve two things one it'll get us over the line it, well it's a bit like uh, practicing for the 1500 meters by going doing your fastest time on 1700 meters it's 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 that that syndrome to a degree but it will also ensure that they keep a winning mentality that will carry them to the very end it'll keep them sharp if we get to the last stage of the champions league and it'll keep us morally as the best team in the i think we need to finish this team not just win this league finish this season morally as the best team in the country there's been a bit of a dialogue i think that Prick Warnock, um, Neil Warnock was on Talksport the other week going, Liverpool may be doing ever so well, but on their day, City are still the best team. And there is, you know, you don't know how many how many points do we have to finish ahead of them to be the best team. I don't know, but I actually think that will Klopp might use that all but metaphorically pin that on the dressing room and use it because I don't think this is about I don't think it's about more than winning this league. I think it's about smashing every record under the sun, including the ESPN's algorithm. Including. <laughs> oh, can we do? Can we do half an hour on that? Absolutely not. Thank <laughs> you very much to Rob Gutman, to Gareth Roberts, to John Gibbons. It's been the Anfield Rap in association with the Athletic. Uh, if you want to hear Rob do half an hour on that, you can subscribe <laughs> to Tour Player. Uh, it is available, and you can download the app for that sort of thing. Uh, you can also, obviously, uh, sign up to the Athletic as said before, theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap to do that on reduced prices and terms and all of that sort of thing. Uh, also, uh, on top of that. Uh, mentioned Ireland before so it'll be Rob it'll be Gareth it'll be Paul Cope Josh Sexton one other uh, I'll be there as well really looking forward to it three big nights uh, over in Ireland and we might have more to announce pretty soon as well we're working very hard here at the Anfield Wrap we hope you're enjoying it how can you not be what a time to be alive as Gareth said earlier Sports Social Podcast Network